Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome to the Maggie and Perloff Show, day two of 2023. I'm Andrew Perloff. She's Maggie Gray. It's going to be an unusual show, Maggie. Uh, last night, Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin, suffered cardiac arrest on the field in Cincinnati. They got his heartbeat going again, and now he's in the hospital. Uh, why did you give us the latest news on what's going on today? Yeah, and that was an awful scene last night, Perloff, and we'll get more into that and how it was, how we all felt watching that so helpless. But DeMar Hamlin is still in Cincinnati, obviously. He's still in the trauma center at the University of Cincinnati Hospital. He's still in critical condition. Now, we don't want to speculate on unconfirmed reports, but it seems like maybe things have stabilized. Again, I don't want to talk out of turn here. His family has put out a statement, uh, his agent, his manager, everyone underscoring just what a strong fighter he is and uh, and how much they feel like the support, uh, how appreciative they are of it. So that's what we have on DeMar Hamlin. The Bills did fly back from Cincinnati late last night. So they are back in Buffalo. And just about an hour ago, Commissioner Goodell did release a statement uh, saying a lot of things. Um, First of all, thanking everyone for the quick response, the first responders who were on the field, the Bills and the Bengals who came together collectively to say they did not want to play the game. But as far as what happens next, this is what Goodell's memo said. A short time ago and after discussions with the two teams in the NFLPA, we advised Buffalo and Cincinnati that last night's game will not be resumed this week. No decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and we have not announced any changes to this weekend's schedule. We will promptly advise all clubs of any decisions that are made regarding these matters. If you have any questions in the meantime, please call Goodell or any of the senior staff. So that was sent to Mm. all of the clubs. So that's the latest from the football side of things we just don't know yeah. full holding pattern while everyone is focused on DeMar Hamlin and seeing that he is hopefully going to make uh, a, a recovery here. Yeah, we're all waiting for a report from the hospital. I've seen a few reporters who are at the hospital and uh, reporters who are at the Bills facility, 
And they're saying all the Bills players are also waiting reports. It's not, yeah. it seems like there's not a level of information that even the team has that we don't have. We're just waiting for the hospital to release more information and urgently waiting too. I, I really, like you said, hope it's, it's good news. It's been a, an interesting experience since it happened last night. It's been, you know, I, I think we all went through a lot of emotions. Maggie, you and I were texting immediately as it happened. Yep. And I, I I don't remember being this anxious to keep getting reports on something. I, I went to bed and checked Twitter and I woke up and checked Twitter and just, I hope something positive comes out of that Cincinnati hospital soon. There was a moment last night where, and I'll speak for myself, but I think collectively we all had a lot of this where, you know, we never get used to seeing these horrific injuries Mm. on the field we went through this with Tua not too long ago with the multiple concussions and ironically happened in Cincinnati where he goes into the fencer's pose and needs to get taken off in an ambulance himself you never get used to it and it's always gut-wrenching and and awful to watch what I thought in some ways Perloff almost separated this and put it into a class all on its own is watching the Bills players standing around as he was reportedly receiving CPR with tears streaming down their faces. I've never seen anything like that before, you know, where players are that emotional while the scene is still unfolding. And I think that's what caused anxiety and panic in everyone who was watching and thinking, of course, they're not going to resume this game That was kind of in doubt for a little bit. Ultimately, the league and the teams came to the right decision, which was not to play the game. That would have been insane to play after that. But watching the players, I thought, is what changed everything. And then we learned the nature of the injury, which is just something we're not used to seeing in football. Absolutely. And you kind of could put the pieces together that it was more than a normal injury that I... I think some people, and I assumed, oh, they must be doing CPR because how would the players know the extent of the injury otherwise? And I heard it's interesting. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman said they had a camera that at first they could see what was happening on the field and their voices changed too. Then ESPN went to multiple commercials in a row to try and buy time, which is an unusual thing for most normal injuries. The broadcast is able to adjust. They might go to one commercial, sometimes two, but uh, yeah, they were... They were in a tough spot. They did a great job, but it was definitely, even before you got the facts, you knew something was desperately wrong. Yeah, you're right about the tenor and the tone changed very, very fast. From the players' faces to Buck and Aikman, you're absolutely right about that. And then obviously, you know, ESPN starts to, you know, have to fill. There's no information. It's a void of information except for what the scene that's unfolding, which is horrifying for the people who are experiencing it. So, extremely difficult and you know what what i found i've done is you know i listen i you guys know i'm a diehard buffalo bills fan but i didn't know so so much about demar hamlin he's a sixth round second year player who's had to step into a big role ever since micah hyde went down with an injury but learning more and more about who he is this is somebody who is an incredible person outside of being a professional football player i was reading a story by our friend ty dunn who did a profile of him and you know, he grew up in this really rough area in Pittsburgh called McKee's Rock. Really, really bad in terms of gun violence. And he's seen so many friends who have succumbed to that. And unfortunately, his own father, at one point when he was about 12 years old, went to prison for three and a half years for an intent to sell drug charge. Mm. So he's 12 years old now with his mom. He's got to be forced to be like the man of the house. And he said it was a life changing experience for him, obviously. 
And then later his father gets out of prison. They rekindle their relationship. Him and his mother are still together, I believe to this day. They have a second child, Demir, a young brother for Demar. Demar got 48 scholarship offers in college, 48. He turned down Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, Clemson, Huge, huge programs because he wanted to stay home to go to the University of Pittsburgh because he wanted to be a daily good influence, positive influence in his little brother Demir's life. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't tell you about who the man is, beyond the football player, this guy is 24. It seems like wise beyond his years and old soul. Didn't have a role model himself in those formative years and thought about that with his younger brother instead of going off to Ohio State or going off to Clemson. And then ultimately makes his dream a reality and gets drafted by the Bills in the sixth round. Incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah. the link with Dane Jackson the yeah. uh, is unbelievable, too. I was talking to our buddy Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, and DeMar was at the Senior Bowl in part because Dane Jackson was there, and the Pitt coaching staff was like, well, you got to meet this guy, DeMar Hamlin. He, his character alone makes him worth going. And that's how he took that Senior Bowl experience and made it into being a sixth-round pick. And Maggie, for every, everything, like you said, I didn't know much about him either on the field, but it seems like he's had a really, he's been a story on the field as well for the Bills. He's been incredible stepping into a really tough spot. I mean, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are like the two of the backbones of the Bills defense. And when Hyde goes down, it, you know, it forced him to step into a really big role. Yeah. And beyond that, I think they were expecting that he might step into that role sort of permanently as, you know, there are decisions to be made mm. about Hyde and Poyer. So this was a big opportunity for him this season also, and he was making the most of it. I mean, what I also think is incredible, he started a foundation to do a community toy drive in 2020 when he was drafted by the Bills, uh, I guess in 2021. But so before that, it's a toy drive that happens in Pittsburgh. The donations were $2,500, which a lot of money buy a lot of great toys with $2,500. You can serve a lot of people in the community. Mm. Since this happened last night, the donations have been pouring in to the chasing M's foundation. They're up to over $4 million per off for his foundation Wow! to not for him to service all the young kids in Pittsburgh who he says he knows what this is like because he grew up in a place where he felt like there wasn't a lot of hope. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm really curious I'm sure they could do a lot of good with that money. Uh, oh, yeah. I, and there's no there's no easy way to get into this or transition to it, but you're a Bills fan. This was yeah. uh, an impactful game on the schedule. Uh, do you have any thought? I'm just curious as a Bills fan what you want to happen to this game. or It's, yeah. it's, it's almost impossible to say right now, but it is a, it's something that has to be dealt with and probably within the coming days. I don't know about you, but... I know last night, as soon as the ambulance comes out and you see the players who are crying and shaken up, I didn't think about it like for a long time after mm. that. It's like, oh, you know what? I was actually texting with my uncle, you know, Uncle Wayne, who's the reason I'm a Bills fan. Uncle Wayne, yeah. Longtime season ticket holder, forfeit the game. Yeah. That's how, that, that's how I can tell myself as a Bills fan, Uncle Wayne is a Bills fan. I'm sure there were others out there. At that point, forfeit the game. We talk about home field advantage and how important it is. All the perspective you need is that the guy is lying there getting CPR. It's no longer important. Right. It doesn't and, matter at all. And the funny thing is, too, it's not even forfeit because it didn't seem like the Bengals cared at all either. The Bengals didn't want to win. They, they, didn't, they didn't seem to care at all. I was actually really touched by Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor 
trying, I, I, you know, there's a lot of different reporting on what happened, but they clearly had to step into a little bit of a leadership void there and take over. And it's right. I don't, I didn't get the sense that Cincinnati would have even have taken a win off of that. They just sort of, everybody wanted to just put it to the side. Yeah. And while we still don't know, you know, the future, like the immediate future, yep. both short-term, long-term of what's happening with DeMar Hamlin, you're right. It is difficult to talk about, okay, you know, how do we pick up the schedule here yeah. and move on? I can tell you from, again, from a Bills fan perspective, I didn't think about it at all. And to be honest, I don't really have a big, like, take or what they should do or what's right and what's wrong. I think they have some options here. I think you could cancel the game totally and you go off of winning percentage and you just don't play the game again. Um, I mean, you could always take out the week between the NFC and AFC championship games and the Super Bowl, push everything back so that, you know, they can get this game in. I think ultimately the easiest thing for everyone is probably just to not play the game. And this is something that the league was prepared to do in 2020 when COVID first hit. And I think that's probably the simplest way, right? Yeah, I think, you know, say you push it back a week. Or, or do you push just the AFC back? Or do you push both the NFC and the AFC back? Do you push just games involving the Bengals and the Bills back? And, and at some point, too, there's going to be a competitive disadvantage and a health risk. For Buffalo right. to Buffalo and Cincinnati to maybe play at a faster cycle than they're used to, maybe not. I mean, we don't know, but there's a lot of things to consider. There's so many moving parts, and the funny thing too, it gets back to what you said before. I know you and Uncle Wayne, who's a dire Bills fan, weren't concerned with the win or loss. Yeah, I don't know that Cincinnati and Buffalo are going to really say, "Hey, we need we need to get a shot at the number one seed." I didn't get that energy coming from either organization last night. No, and especially now while the guy, DeMar Hamlin, while he's still in critical condition, it's it's just the last thing I think from, yeah. I know the Bills players' minds, and I'm sure it was traumatic for the Bengals players to witness that as well, but I, I think it's just gotten so much bigger than that. And, you know, something that doesn't really get brought up a lot because we never like think to pause and take a breath, you know, during these football seasons. Cause uh, it starts, it's week one. And before you know it, it's week eight. And then here we are, it's week 17 and you just keep going on and on. But this has been a really intense season for the bills and for the city of Buffalo, just off the field, you know, just a quick, like small timeline. You go back to May where there was a terrible shooting at a grocery store, a Topps Market, where black residents of Buffalo were essentially hunted by a racist. The Buffalo Bills, uh, 10 people perished. The Buffalo Bills came out in massive support. The emotional toll of that on everybody in the community was huge. For, there was a devastating incident. Then fast forward to the season starting, Dane Jackson, who you mentioned, who is a friend of DeMar Hamlin and both from Pittsburgh, he gets an ambulance off the field in a game against the Tennessee Titans where his neck snapped back. If you'll remember that game, instead of going down and forward, the neck went backwards and he had to get taken off on an ambulance, only missed one game and then came back. But that was an awful scene. Then you talk about the weather, and I'm not talking about having to move the game to Detroit on Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving, not that. But what happened over the holidays, maybe while people were celebrating and everyone kind of turned into their own families and friends, there was like a snow hurricane that happened in Buffalo where people were losing power and heat. 
and people left their homes trying to get away and some were trapped in their cars and people lost their life in that. And this is a couple weeks ago. So it has just been a very difficult season. And now this, obviously, with DeMar Hamlin, it, it's been such a trying, very intense, a lot of very intense things have happened with the Buffalo Bills this year. And it's, yeah. it's something I found myself thinking about last night. Yeah, I mean, I think an NFL season's already intense. So yeah. add all that. And yes, not to mention the expectations of being the Super Bowl favorite coming into the season. I know that seems trivial, but I'm sure yeah. they felt a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on this team to win. No doubt. To win Absolutely. big. Yeah. We want to hear from the fans too at 855-212-4227. I know this is a difficult topic, but we want to get your input and opinion on it first. I mean watching that last night collectively we all watched that as football fans sort of what were you going through and you know are watching these injuries with not just Amar Hamlin to us it's starting to change your relationship at all with football you're starting to question it at all I mean these are big big topics today but of course our phone lines are always open at 855-212-4227 Let's go through a little of the guest list for today, Perloff. So Dr. Brian McDonough is going to join us a little bit later in the hour to describe sort of what are some of the outcomes here, hopefully good ones for DeMar Hamlin and the kind of injury that he's facing. And then in the next hour, Peter King, of course, Football Morning in America and one of the preeminent football writers in the country will join us to talk about the next steps moving forward. Um, Peter's as plugged into the league as anybody. Yeah, and I'm curious too, Peter, is very um, sensitive, I think, to players' issues, to what his yep. reaction was. I mean, we had booked Peter before any of this happened. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's no, great timing to hear from him. And there's so many questions for, for the doctor. I mean, I know he's not going to have finite answers, but I, to me, we think of head injuries. That's immediately what you think of with football, that you, you forget that there's so much other risk here. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Back on Maggie and Perloff. Of course, we're talking about DeMar Hamlin, who is currently in a Cincinnati hospital. We're awaiting news, hopefully good news. You could give us a call, share your thoughts on what you saw last night, what it means possibly for the NFL moving forward, and maybe how they're going to play this game, whether they should play this game, whether they need to play the game, whether it matters at all. Any of your thoughts, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's start off with Chris. He is in Pennsylvania. Hey, Chris, what's happening? Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing great. How are uh, you? Good. Just wanted to call in and give my thoughts and prayers to the Hamlin family. Um, it's such a tragedy. Um, I was watching the game live, and I never saw anything like that before in my life. I think the uh, entire world's hoping for some good news and just sitting on uh, the edge of our seat waiting for something to come on, you know, some news to break here. Um, actually, I live about 45 minutes where he uh, grew up in McKees Rock, so very familiar with his career. Um, I followed him when he was at Pitt, and he's a very, you know, very good athlete, um, great person. Um, so, yeah, just thoughts and prayers to the young man. As far as the game, um, I don't, I don't, you know, it's such a big game, and it has such big implications on the AFC. You would think at some point they would have to play it. Um, I just don't know or see when they can do that. Now, Chris, you have a you have a rooting interest, whether for with these two teams. I assume you're a Steelers fan. No, no. Believe it or not, my brother and my dad are all Steelers fans. I followed my uncles. I'm a Browns fan. Well, that's just, oh. that's just <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Chris, uh, I'm sorry you yeah, <laughs> you chose poorly. <laughs> well, you know it's interesting, Chris. Thank you for the call and appreciate you sharing your thoughts. I I understand, um, first, yes, as we're learning more about DeMar Hamlin, the man, it's been incredible to read and hear just what an impact he was making in his community in McKees Rock and what what a figure he wanted to be in the community because he had overcome so much and he wanted to share that knowledge and share the wealth, so to speak, with everyone in his community. So in that way, he's a role model, whether he's a football player or not. I think what's interesting about the game is do you because of the nature of this Proloff, the guy is still in a trauma center right now to start shuffling around the schedule to me and pushing things back and taking away the weekend between the NFC championship and the Super Bowl while all this is is in theory doable it just feels like the easiest thing would be I know the game was big but aren't we talking about something bigger than football now the the easiest thing is just to be to cancel this game go off winning percentage and do the seating that way. All right, hand it to the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, I, I think that at this point, that's secondary on, I, I would imagine, on the Bills for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, or maybe there's a way you could just say, all right, right now, Bengals, you have the Ravens. Bills, you have the Patriots, both at home, I believe, next week. Just focus on that game for now, and we'll put that other question to rest until we get more information on DeMar Hamlin's health. So in other words, don't make any decision, maybe not even this week. Is is that, po- you know, I have no idea the logistics that go into this, 
But maybe just say, and I think that's what they are saying, just focus on this week's game. We'll go day at a time. We'll see how he is. And then we'll get to that decision after Sunday. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so because this feels unprecedented. We've seen injuries before. We've seen devastating injuries. This feels unprecedented, though, and I think everyone would be wise to just pause. And again, the NFL put out a statement like an hour ago, about an hour ago, saying they're not going to have an update on this this week. So that, that could change, but they're giving themselves a lot of time here. Let's go to Joseph is in Indianapolis. Wants to talk about what it was like to watch that moment last night. Joseph, how are you? I'm um, well, happy new year. I'm sorry that we're talking about, you know, such an unpleasant topic, but uh, yeah, so I'm a lifelong rabid Bengals fan. Um, so we had a watch party over here with some friends of ours and it was just brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you saw him just it look, literally it looked like somebody unplugged him and he just fell straight, you know, down. Um, so obviously very concerned about him. Um, I also have a lot of friends who have kind of like been really down on the NFL lately saying that, all, you know, it's not like the players of the past, you know, they're a bunch of panties. They make all these millions of dollars and they just need to shut up and play and, you know, be more manly. And I really hope that, you know, if there's a, a, a bright side to this whole event, it's that people realize that this, I mean, these, these guys are warriors out there and, and, you know, we still don't know whether or not he's going to live or die. So uh, a little compassion, a little bit of respect, hopefully goes out to the players. Such a great point. It's it's an excellent point. And Joseph, thanks for making the call because, you know, it, it's funny, Perloff, you and I talk a lot about what the NFL looked like when you and I were, A, growing up, and then B, even just go back to 20 years ago and how it looked and how in some ways it's, you know, way more of an athletic finesse type of game these days. But what have we been learning week after week? It's still devastatingly violent. It might not look like back when I was watching Bruce Smith take down Boomer Esiason or Joe Theismann with LT, but it's still so incredibly brutal to say that, you know, these guys are not as tough. I just, I just don't see how you can make that claim. The game is different, but these guys are still incredibly tough. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a complicated issue because I do think there probably are less concussions now just a, a number. I remember there was one week. I don't remember, know if you remember this. It was about eight years ago where um, James Harrison knocked out somebody. Five minutes later, the I think an eagle, Deshaun Jackson, got knocked out by a Falcon safety. Three guys were knocked out cold within a five-minute stretch because back then that was a style of hitting. You really wanted to hurt the player. This is like 10 years ago. This was not that long it's ago. not that long ago. Uh, now, but... So you protect against concussions, then you have two, and that's the worst concussion I've ever seen. I mean, that's one of the worst concussions I've ever seen on the field. Uh, I remember when Tom Savage was was obviously going through convulsions. That was terrible, too. But you're right. There's no way to pro, to completely make the game safe. Then this one was uh, completely different. I, 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 I talked to you last night, Maggie, about DJ Hayden, a guy I did a story on. He was the first-round pick out of the Oakland Raiders. When he was at practice at University of Houston, it was a routine play over the middle. It was a 12-yard pass, and he collided with a guy, normal hit, came to the sideline and told the trainer, my chest hurts. Turns out that he a valve had ripped in his heart, and oh they rushed gosh. him. They were within 10 minutes of the hospital and did emergency surgery to save his life. Two years later, he was the number 12 pick in the draft, so that was a, that turned out great. But it was a very the interesting thing, and I remember this. It was a very routine hit. So there's mm. no way to legislate pure safety in a collision sport. Uh, and even last night's hit, right, it wasn't, 
it wasn't one of the worst hits we've seen. It's just the angle was wrong. It hit in the wrong place, and it was it was so terrible. Um, there's just no way to legislate the game to pure 100% safety or even a reasonable amount of safety. But do you think, though, it is different from the 90s when we were kids? I, it, it has to be, right, The Maggie? game is different, but yeah. my, my, my theory is that the – or what I'm saying is that the game is definitely different, but I still think it takes that type of person. Mm, okay, yep. To play yeah. today that it did in the 80s and the 90s. Got I still yep. think you have to be just as tough, like to our caller's point, saying, oh, his friends are saying guys are too soft these days and, yeah. you know, they make so much money and all that. It's I still think you have that, either you have that in you that you can step out into that, or, you know, into the arena, if you will, and perform in those circumstances or you just don't i don't think that's like a generational thing you know you either can be a boxer ufc step onto a football field or you just don't have it i think the same was true in the 70s and 80s as it is today well i think a related topic is everybody complaining about the safety rules and i have to admit i've complained about them too the inconsistencies on roughing the quarterback so you can't have it both ways on one hand you can't complain about them being overly aggressive on safety rules and then not deal with the repercussions. So it's tricky. I mean, I'm, I'm a football fan like everyone else, and there have been calls where I'm like, how can you do that? You know, you're screwing up my team or whatever, but now, now I guess you get that a little bit more after what happened last night. Yeah, but to your point, it was like a it didn't feel out of the ordinary. I no. felt like I watched a collision between two young men in the USC two lane game yeah. that was terrible yesterday. And this one on the outside didn't look awful, but obviously we know the ramifications are are terrible as DeMar Hamlin is still in an ICU unit right now. Paul is in Cincinnati. Paul, how are you doing today? You know, just like everybody else, it's, it's everybody's really kind of down, uh, yeah. but hopeful. And uh, I was at the game with uh, my son yesterday, oh, wow. uh, last night. And uh, it, it, it the thing about uh, – most of the people in Cincinnati, and I think you've heard it with other people uh, talking about when uh, the Cincinnati people that represented going out to uh, Super Bowl last year and all that. When we have visitors in, for, you know, from other teams and all that, we're we're, je- we're really nice with them and talk to them and don't make them feel like they're outsiders. Um, but it it it, it my my nineteen year old son. You know, it was it was kind of devastating for him. Uh, so we had to stay up and talk with him a lot last night, and uh, this morning we made sure we talked to him. Uh, but th- there were a lot of kids, young kids there too. I mean, everybody. It, w- it was so exciting to be there, um, uh, and and you you saw everybody just having fun, and the game was really exciting, and and then it was just weird. Uh, it just got to where the uh, you know, uh, T. Higgins. It looked. It just looked like he turned up. We, we couldn't see from the stands that that uh, that anyone had fallen down or anything. And and then, then when it's starting to go on and we're seeing the backboard going out, then you know we're doing the please move your toes, please move your toes, and mm. that kind yeah. of stuff. And yeah, yeah. and then it just kept getting weirder. Were people oh call gosh. in the stands following what was going on in their phone? I was curious when I was watching. Did everybody there know what was happening? Everybody got on their phones, was calling home to see what the television was saying, uh, or they were looking at the text. There was one text that went in, uh, it went out about, oh, I can't remember what it said, uh, but, but but basically the text was removed right away. 
So I was like, wait a minute, I was just looking at this, we were sharing. Um, everybody was kind of, and then it got to the speculation game. Uh, mm. We saw him bringing out the the IV and all of that, because one of the guys had said, I, I think he's dead. And mm. so all of us are going, no, they wouldn't put an IV if he's, you know, if this is crazy. And, and, and everybody kind of was getting worked up, but there was always a few people that would talk everybody down and be like, you know, let's just wait and see what's going on. And they've got the, the, the hospital here is literally up the hill just past University of Cincinnati. So, I mean, it's two, two miles, uh, maybe less, and, and they have a straightaway right, right to it. So a lot of it, uh, as far as timing went, really benefited this situation. Um, yeah, and Paul, and unfortunately, we first learned that with what happened with Tua. Right. That the University of Cincinnati, the trauma center was so close. And that was, you know, like, thank goodness. Right. Thank God that it was so close. And the same thing last night for DeMar Hamlin. And I can't imagine um, that uh, what that was like in the stadium last night, as awful as it was to be watching on TV, I'm sure was a million times worse to be in the stadium. And, um, you know, you're a good father for talking your son through that, because that is a really difficult thing to explain to a teenager we're full-grown adults and we're having trouble with this today um to explain that to a teenager has got to be very very difficult back on maggie and perloff so i know we were all watching the Bengals bills game last night uh and it, it was really interesting too maggie because immediately i had a, a number of medical questions that even the broadcast was waiting to find out i think we're still waiting to find out but right now we're lucky enough to be joined by Clinical Professor of Family Medicine at Temple, Dr. Brian McDonough, and host of the Brian McDonough Show podcast, uh, who's going to help hopefully answer some of our questions about what happened on the field last night. Dr. McDonough, thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm just curious, what was your initial reaction when you saw what happened to DeMar Hamlin? Well, actually, initially I was watching the 76ers, and immediately my phone started you know, going off, and I switched over, and at that point... I just saw people milling about the field, but I saw the emotion in people's faces. And then shortly thereafter, you know, Twitter being what it was, I saw the play. So I had been prepared. When I saw that, at first I was looking, I don't think that was head trauma. And then I kind of replayed it. I said, oh, my gosh, he was hit in the chest. And, and the thing that many of us think of at that point, it's called commodio cordis, but essentially blunt trauma to the chest if you catch the heart at the exact right time in its cycle, it goes from a normal beat to what's called ventricular fibrillation. And the way I describe ventricular fibrillation, it's like it's like a bag of worms. Uh, it like instead of beating and pushing blood throughout the body, which carries oxygen, it just starts like wriggling and and really doing nothing productive. And if you notice, he got up because he had the blood perfusing for a couple seconds, and boom, he went down. So. My worry was obviously cardiac arrest at that time, thinking it might be the trauma. And again, this is all speculation because we still don't know. But I think, you know, they slow it down and you see it. Uh, it looks as if that was the issue. And then, of course, my eyes were trying to see, are they doing CPR? Do they have an AED? And, you know, and obviously, like everyone else, we were following this. Um, so that was kind of what I saw at the time. But I, didn't, I did not see it live. So, Dr. McDonough, beyond the immediate CPR and the AED, what what is the treatment for this? If this is, you know, what you say, what is the treatment? 
Well, once he's in the situation where they get a heart rate back, it's almost like the way we would treat someone who had a cardiac arrest for a wide variety of reasons. What you do is you want to make sure, obviously, you get the pulse back as soon as you can and get oxygen on board. Because remember, if the heart hasn't been beating that well, they, they literally can break it down. Every minute you go without oxygen, it's 10% less chance of survival and greater issues because all the organs, particularly the brain, need that oxygen. So the treatment is, let's get some oxygen on board, which I, I know they did because the report is that they did intubate him. They, you know, they put a breathing tube down. So what they're doing now is they sedate him, um, and, and I would think in, in knowing cardiology, they, they probably are cooling him, uh, trying to do what they can to uh, maximize the efficiency of the oxygen that's going around the body. And the hope is after maybe a 24-, 36-hour period, they can, and things are going well, they can bring him out of it and then see uh, what may or may not have happened. Now, remember, right now, I'm sure they can monitor his brain with studies. They're checking blood work. You know, they're doing all these things. They're checking the liver, the kidneys, and all those things. So they have a sense of if there was damage done and to what degree. But until you bring that patient out, you often don't really know what it's going to be, especially with the brain and if there was uh, – you know, some brain damage or well. But I, I would suspect at this point his heart and everything else is probably back to normal if he if in fact this was the cause and it wasn't, you know, some other underlying condition, which it's highly unlikely it's something else just because they do, you know, so many thorough physicals at this point, a player of that level, they're, he's been examined again and again, uh, you know, whether at Pitt or with the Bills or other places. We're talking to Dr. Brian McDonough, host of the Dr. Brian McDonough Show podcast. So, doctor, just to clarify a little bit about what you were just saying, how much of that could be done on the field in the ambulance? I know the NFL has uh, a whole set of procedures. Was It sounded like what some of what you were describing happens in the hospital. Uh, right yeah. there on the field, how much could they actually do? On the field, they could probably do three major things. First of all, get the CPR going. Uh, use an AED, the, you know, the defibrillators, which are pretty, pretty standard, and then also get the oxygen going. They can do all of those things on the field, and they clearly can do all of that in the ambulance. So I know the ambulance was there for a while. I think, for instance, when they were, uh, I think, getting his mother to come to the ambulance, I heard reports of that. Those kind of things they can do in a, you know, a stable environment and, and get him going. Once he was in the hands of uh, the EMTs, the doctors, and the people there, that's it. And I know, you know, from interviews with Jeff Miller and others at the NFL that they practice these scenarios. You know, they go over these situations and, and, and they prepare for a cardiac event so they know what to do. And from my understanding, both the Bills and Cincinnati medical teams, you know, both got there as soon as they could. But again, I don't know how quickly they got there, nor do we know how quickly those things happened because only the people providing the care would know that. Talking with Brian McDonough, clinical professor of family medicine at Temple University School of Medicine. What are the range of outcomes here, Dr. McDonough? Is it possible that DeMar Hamlin could and and will make a full recovery, or what, what are the possibilities? Well, you obviously hope for a full recovery, and certainly yeah. that is possible. Uh, we see that with people who have cardiac events. I mean, they come back, and there are no issues. Uh, and then, and then obviously it runs the gamut. Again, it really comes down to what damage was done by not having oxygen supplied to the vital organs. And again, 
The number one is the brain. If anything happens to the body, the brain sacrifices everything else because that's the that's the organ that the body protects naturally. So yeah, the brain may be fine, and then you know maybe and, and and it literally goes down the line by what's most vital. Uh, that's just something that's physiologic. But the reality is, he could come out of this fine, or depending on the amount of time and the issues associated with it, he could have other other issues as well. And and we won't really know that uh, until later. You know what he has in his favor. He's young, um, he's otherwise healthy, and he's in obviously tremendous condition. All of those things will help him. I mean, um, you know, it, it runs the gamut. Of course, we normally see older people have these situations, and it, it can be a lot more difficult in those cases. Dr. McDonough, so when we think of football injuries, I think the most serious one we all think of is head injuries. And you mentioned that was your initial reaction. Oh, it must have been a head injury. Uh, are you surprised that something like this happened with the heart? How rare is this in this kind of athletic competition? It's rare primarily because of the fact that the heart, as it goes through its rhythm, it has to be in a specific part of its cycle when you get hit. So already, you know, you can get hit there dozens of times and it's not a problem. If, in fact, it has the hit at the right time with the right amount of pressure in the right situation, it can occur. So, we actually see it, you see it in Little League, uh, you see it in soccer, you see it in um, ice hockey, uh, and we really haven't seen it as much in football. And um, we're not sure, you know, they looked at studies, and I was looking at them today, like, is the padding protective? Naturally, the padding protects, but, you know, are they wearing less padding than they used to? They all seem like kind of they're thinner up top, but they might have composite padding. I'm sure they're going to look at those things and say, you know, are we protecting the heart to the level we should? Um, in, in Little League Baseball now, they, they will have, you can have special pads that you can put in the uniform. I think one of the things that's real important that comes out of this for everybody who's listening is if your children are playing in a sport or you're playing in a sport or whatever in a, in a setting, you really should have one of those defibrillators there. And the second thing that I think is really important is, you know, they made CPR simpler than it used to be. You don't have to do the breathing and the chest compressions like they taught years ago. It's just get those compressions in because it's getting the blood flow and buying time to keep the blood flow going uh, until the, you know, either you get an AED or you get uh, people there because um, a very high percentage of people who have these events just on the street or wherever won't make it because there's often no one who gets to them or they, they don't know what to do. Wow. Thank you, Dr. McDonough. Of course, you can follow Dr. Brian McDonough at Dr. Brian McD uh, and the Dr. Brian McDonough Show podcast. And I am also a Sixers fan, full disclosure here. And I was flipping between the two games. Uh, we w- we'll talk about that another time, but really appreciate your insight here. And I, I hope, you know, next time we talk, it's under better circumstances. Thank you very definitely, much. Definitely. All right. Have a good day. Thank you, Ryan. Thank wow. you, Dr. McDonough. Appreciate that so much. He was a huge – Dr. McDonough is incredible and uh, explained that so well. He was yeah. an amazing resource for us when, when COVID first hit, and we talked with him all the time in New York because things were so dire. But he explained that perfectly. And it's so true. It comes down from DeMar Hamlin but down to parents' level, you know, making sure that people are prepared at a kid's sporting event too. Wow. Uh, it's unbelievable. But I, I don't think that's happening at all, kids' sporting events. Um, yeah, and I guess, I guess it should be, it's unbelievable. The, almost the bad luck of it, uh, the cycle yeah, of the, the heart. Timing. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you're speechless thinking about what could happen.
But, you know, that being said, we're still hoping that there's positive news. He did say in the range of outcomes that there some people can recover from this. So we're hopeful. Well, and also how much they can do right there on the field. Those critical things, yeah. getting the heart rate going again, getting a pulse, right? Getting oxygen, those kinds of things that they can do literally as we're watching the Bills and the Bengals players standing around in tears. But the first responders are doing work that, that probably you know saved his life and hopefully saved his life last night. Yeah, I mean, um, we criticize the NFL, but it did seem like the medical staff was working really hard last night. Uh, they, they are amazing. They are incredible. And we all owe them a debt of gratitude, that's for sure. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.